Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Hope everything's going well for you today. Another day. And, uh, you know, we almost need to do a weather forecast. Uh, today's news forecast is, you know, and then whatever, whatever it is, you know, more documents will be found hidden by Biden. What's interesting is we, la- we laugh, but Friday, after we had oh. done our last show, there were more documents found. Yeah, and you know, that's interesting because these date back to when he was a senator. So, and boy, my somebody's getting me on the phone. Yes, but <laughs> I he, think it, um, must, it must be the White House calling you. <laughs> yeah, quit talking about our guy. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, he was a senator then, and that, yeah. you know, takes it to a whole new level because this means it wasn't a careless accident or stupidity. No. This is treasonous this is a pattern this is mm-hmm. a pattern of uh, of activity it wasn't a mistake he didn't borrow some uh, take some documents home and forget to bring them back in but there's a bigger question that i see here too because he was a senator when he took those documents and then i said that made me go wait a minute well if he as a senator took documents what other senators have taken documents oh i know both sides of the fence yeah. And then how secure are our secrets to this country? I mean, this well, is the let people's me ask you, country. It's not it's not the politicians' yeah, country. It's ours. You would think that if you take classified documents home and you have the authority to do that, and if you take them home, you would think there'd be somebody in charge of keeping track of the documents you've taken and make and making sure that you bring them back. Uh, hello, uh, a clerk, Senator a clerk Biden. You've had those documents for a week now, and uh, we need them back. Where are they? You know yeah. that kind of a thing. Yeah, a clerk of documents where they're checked out. But again, he didn't have the authority, and a clerk of documents could not give them to a senator to take yeah. home. I'm sorry, but that that authority. Never has been there. And it makes me think that, you know, now presidents have the ultimate power. They can declassify stuff and they can, they're the commander in chief. They are the top of the food chain. They can do what they need or want to do. But I'm sitting here going back to my original statement. It is the people's government. It is not their government. So therefore I'm saying that under no circumstances should any of our classified materials ever leave the White House by anybody unless the White House is no longer secured and they're moving that command somewhere else. Also, I think a president has the ultimate authority on classified documents. Right. He should be able to take them anywhere, a president. But Biden took all of his documents when he was vice president and, and a senator, and he had no authority to do that. But if he did it, other people did it. Yep. So you know that there are documents now. We know there are documents, at least you can, I don't like to use the word assume, but uh-huh. you can gather that there are probably other documents out there floating around that were taken by other senators, both uh, Democrat and Republican. Well, And I- that means that we need to investigate this. And I think we talked about this over the weekend, which uh, probably needs to be done, is saying, look, we know that maybe other people by accident, took some documents. Mm-hmm. We give them a grace period. You got five days to bring those documents back, and no questions are going to be well, asked. But after it's, that, it's, we're going to come investigate past and present. We find them. You're in trouble. It's funny you should say that. I was thinking over the weekend about a grace period thing, and and mm-hmm. that that works for the documents. But I was thinking, you know, um, if you want to break the deep state, you should say, look at. There's a 30-day period where anybody who wants to come to us, if they have knowledge of the deep state and who's involved with the deep state, uh, you can come to us and tell us anything you want about the deep state, and there will be no consequences to you, and we'll, we'll protect you. If we're trying to break the deep state, if everybody in D.C. basically admits that there's a deep state, the only way you're going to get to them is if you give some sort of leniency to people who know, who have direct knowledge of it and, and can give you that knowledge. Do you know? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but you know, talking about the deep state, it's kind of like sticking your hand in a rattlesnake hole. <laughs> you know, well, you, you get them st- stirred up. <laughs> Tucker Carlson was on a couple of uh, 
I guess it was Thursday, and I wanted to play this on Friday, but I couldn't find the audio. But I found it over the weekend. It's a little long, Bill. It's about five minutes long, but it's really worth right. listening to. We'll have a lot to talk about when he finishes. This is from, I think, his Thursday show. So if you want to understand, if you really want to understand how the American government actually works at the highest levels, and if you want to know why they don't teach history anymore, one thing you should know is that the most popular president in American history was Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon. Yet somehow, without a single vote being cast by a single American voter, Richard Nixon was kicked out of office and replaced by the only unelected president in American history. So we went from the most popular president to a president nobody voted for. Wait a minute, you may ask, why didn't I know that? Wasn't Richard Nixon a criminal? Wasn't he despised by all decent people? <laughs> no, he wasn't. In fact, if any president could claim to be the people's choice, it was Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon was reelected in 1972 by the largest margin of the popular vote ever recorded before or since. Nixon got 17 million more votes than his opponent. Less than two years later, he was gone. He was forced to resign. And in his place, an obedient servant of the federal agencies called Gerald Ford took over the White House. How did that happen? What's well, a long story, but here are the highlights and they tell you a lot. Richard Nixon believed that elements in the federal bureaucracy were working to undermine the American system of government and had been doing that for a long time. He often said that. He was absolutely right. On June 23, 1972, Nixon met with the then CIA director, Richard Helms, at the White House. During the conversation, which thankfully was tape recorded, Nixon suggested he knew, quote, who shot John, meaning President John F. Kennedy. Nixon further implied that the CIA was directly involved in Kennedy's assassination, which we now know it was. Helms' telling response? Total silence. But for Nixon, it didn't matter because it was already over. Four days before, on June 19th, the Washington Post had published the first of many stories about a break-in at the Watergate office building. Unbeknownst to Nixon and unreported by the Washington Post, four of the five burglars worked for the CIA. The first of many dishonest Watergate stories was written by a 29-year-old Metro reporter called Bob Woodward. Who exactly was Bob Woodward? Well, he wasn't a journalist. Bob Woodward had no background whatsoever in the news business. Instead, Bob Woodward came directly from the classified areas of the federal government. Shortly before Watergate, Woodward was a naval officer at the Pentagon. He had a top secret clearance. He worked regularly with the intel agencies. At times, Woodward was even detailed to the Nixon White House, where he interacted with Richard Nixon's top aides. Soon after leaving the Navy, for reasons that have never been clear, Woodward was hired by the most powerful news outlet in Washington and assigned the biggest story in the country. And just to make it crystal clear what was actually happening, Woodward's main source for his Watergate series was the deputy director of the FBI, Mark Felt. And Mark Felt ran, and we're not making this up, the FBI's COINTELPRO program, which was designed to secretly discredit political actors the federal agencies wanted to destroy, people like Richard Nixon. And at the same time, those same agencies were also working to take down Nixon's elected vice president, Spiro Agnew. In the fall of 1973, Agnew was indicted for tax evasion and forced to resign. His replacement was a colorless congressman from Grand Rapids called Gerald Ford. What was Ford's qualification for the job? Well, he had served on the Warren Commission, which absolved the CIA of responsibility for President Kennedy's murder. Nixon was strong-armed into accepting Gerald Ford by Democrats in Congress. Quote, we gave Nixon no choice but Ford, Speaker of the House Carl Albert later boasted. Eight months later, Gerald Ford of the Warren Commission was the President of the United States. See how that works? So those are the facts, not speculation. All of that actually happened. None of it's secret. Most of it actually is on Wikipedia. But no mainstream news organization has ever told that story. It's so obvious, yet it's intentionally ignored. And as a result, permanent Washington remains in charge of our political system. Unelected lifers in the federal agencies make the biggest decisions in American government and crush anyone who tries to rein them in. And in the process, our democracy becomes a joke. Now, you may have noticed that the very first person in the Trump administration the agencies went after was General Michael Flynn. Why Flynn? 
because Mike Flynn was a career Army intel officer who ran the Defense Intelligence Agency. In other words, Mike Flynn knew exactly how the system worked, and as a result, he was capable of fighting back. Four days after Donald Trump's inauguration, the FBI lured Mike Flynn into a meeting without his lawyer, concocted a series of fake crimes, and forced him to resign. So that's how things actually work in Washington. Let's stop lying about it. Joe Biden, meanwhile, whooped like a hyena when the Justice Department destroyed Mike Flynn. So there is, we have to say, a certain perverse justice in watching something very similar happen to Joe Biden himself six years later. Joe Biden does not deserve our sympathy. He's being shafted, but don't weep for him. And yet the rest of us do deserve a better system, an actual democracy. When people nobody voted for run everything, you are not living in a free country. So well done. That's Tucker Carlson from, I think, Thursday. And mm-hmm. uh, what he didn't say, and having grown up uh, and been a young adult uh, in that time period when Nixon was tossed out of office, essentially, right. um, was the the way that the media worked hand-in-hand with the government to get rid of him. There there was one narrative, even back then, and we didn't know it because there was no social media. There was no uh, Twitter, no Facebook, none of that stuff. So all you had was the major networks, and that was it, ABC, CBS, and NBC. And they were all on the same page with the government. Nixon bad, uh, and he had to be removed. They were pushing for an impeachment. They wanted to remove him, but he was a step ahead of them. They worked a deal. He, that's where you see him waving from the helicopter, and off he went, and that was it. The fact of the matter is uh, it was a railroad job. We didn't know it back then. And by the way, at the mm-hmm. time, I was like a lot of people. I was a young adult, Democrat, uh, not paying a heck of a lot of attention to politics so you at all. the story. Of course. Nixon was a, a bad guy. It, it was not the case. Nixon yeah, well, was you a, know, a don't good trust person. all the guys in the white hats. Never do. Ooh, uh, so I, I, I hear Tucker do that story, and it really doesn't surprise me. When he, especially the part where he says to Helms about, I know who killed Kennedy. And Helms yeah. said nothing. Richard Helms, I believe his name was. He was the CIA director back then. He said nothing. Well, sometimes, you know, when you're guilty, it's better just to shut up. Yep. You know, because you don't uh, implicate yourself now, or anybody else. Now, let's talk about the, the CIA, uh, not the CIA, the deep state today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Biden is being pressured big time because of the classified documents. Right. So all of a sudden, over the weekend, what happens? Out of nowhere, out of absolutely nowhere, there's a massive riot in, at- in Atlanta. And there's also a riot in Boston. There's a riot in Boston, yes. And there's a massive shooting in California. Sure, yes. And of course, they would try to say that's not related because that was uh, uh, an Asian, uh, an Asian uh, shooting and it was just uh, some sort of They didn't of a think that thing. at first. Uh, oh, no, the, you're the first, the, no, no, first no, no, thing, no. the first thing they said was it was some kind of a... Uh, a race thing until they found out yeah. that it wasn't. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're so trained with their narrative that their, their sycophant base jumps in with everything because that's how they got them trained. And, you know, even going back to 1972 with Nixon and everything, I remember being a kid in school and even academia, the, the teachers there, you know, it was a topic, it was everything. And, you know, that's all I heard was Nixon bad, Nixon bad, Nixon bad. But I grew up in a conservative household yeah, in California, and I knew different. But I also knew that I was surrounded by one-track minds. So I shut up because there was no way to even get an objective voice in. So the best thing to do, put your hands in your pocket and just shrug your shoulders and you know, play like a dumb kid. That's you know, what I did. You know, they talked about the riots in Atlanta, and I got to read. This is from Fox, which I thought was kind of mm-hmm. interesting. Riots erupted in Atlanta on Saturday evening over the killing of a far-left gunman in Antifa's autonomous zone. When did, when did Antifa 
get an autonomous zone in Atlanta. I'm just... Now, what exactly do they mean by an autonomous zone? Apparently, they call it an area that, that's theirs. Now, by the way, it's in a business district. District. I mean, how, so would how you like, is it theirs? What does that mean? It means they they claim it as theirs, period. Recall a Georgia state trooper shot and killed a far-left protester, possibly Antifa, Wednesday during a confrontation near the Cops, Cop City Atlanta Police Department training facility. This is... This makes it sound like uh, it was the police fault for shooting the uh, far left protester. He, uh, it says, twenty-six-year-old Manuel Esteban uh, Tehran was killed by police in a shootout. So his fellow comrades are out destroying businesses in protest. Uh, but what they don't tell you is that I believe that uh, Tehran was shot because he shot. Uh, a state trooper, a Georgia state trooper. That's right. He did. But they don't tell you. I'm looking at the story, and the story doesn't say. They make it sound like uh, the cops just shot him, you know. And this is Fox. You would mm -hmm. think that they'd be a little more uh, uh, diligent when it came to the facts. Well, there was a story, too, up in Boston about a week ago where uh, the young man was um, fleeing, and right. I guess he had a knife and... Uh, they say, well, you know, he wasn't all there, and the cops shot him, you know, and apparently the the guy wasn't all there, but, you know, he turned around and lunged towards the cops. Now, I got to say, was it from, with, a, with a knife? Did he have a knife? I believe he had a knife, yeah. Wow. But you don't know what he had behind him. And so, you know, when, when, when somebody is coming after you, uh, you defend yourself. And everyone's going, why didn't you shoot him in the leg? Well, you know, I can I can answer that question. Uh, because you shoot a leg is a small sure. part to shoot at. Yeah, you have to be a good you, shot. You, yeah, so you you shoot at the center, biggest part of the body. Center mass is what they center say. Center mass, and yeah, yeah, it killed him. Well, the guy shouldn't have uh, you know been he shouldn't have done what he did. And go well, he wasn't mentally stable. You don't know what he had in the back of his pants. You don't know if he didn't have a gun back there that he could have reached back and then boom. Shot the cop. Now, I I will tell you, there are defensive moves that they want the, the police to forget, but then that puts the police all in harm's way. I know this because I have a son that's a cop, you know, a state trooper. And I, I don't know about you, but if I'm out there in the field and I'm under attack and it's me or the perp, bye-bye perp. In Houston about a week and a half ago, um, a customer in a ranchito taqueria mm -hmm. that he's having his uh, his dinner with another person. This young man walks into this restaurant, pulls a gun, starts running around the restaurant with the gun pointed at everybody, demanding their valuables, wallet, watches, things like that. People are are just panicking. They're on the floor. the The, the workers are on the uh, behind the counter. I mean, it, it was a, a. I saw the video. He mm -hmm. walks by one guy, one one customer, demanding his wallet, and he turns away from the customer. And the customer reaches in and pulls out his gun and shoots him. And he didn't just shoot him once; shot him like nine times. Bang! Right, bang! Bang! Aggravated. Bang! Pardon. That's aggravated, but okay. I don't think it's no. An aggravated assault is, like you say, a violent, uh, uh, intentional assault. This was more of a defensive action. This but, customer shot the guy m multiple times, and he didn't want him to get up again. Well, now, no, I he, I agree with what you're saying. I'm just saying they're going to use that defense in. Oh, sure. He only needed to shoot him once, and that was it. But no, no. Shot him in the well, wait a the second. Leg. There's there's more to come. There's more to this story. And by the way, he shot like eight times into the guy. Then he walked over to him. The customer did, and I think he shot him once in the head. Bang! He unloaded his clip into this this guy. Now, mind you, he didn't know who this guy was. Mm -hmm. Now, the customer then goes over and grabs all of the money that the, was stolen, and he brings it back to all of the people in the restaurant and gave them all their cash. And then. He left the store, 
And I guess he left for a day or two. I, I, he probably went to get, to get a lawyer because he, he, he knows in our society th- things like this aren't so cut and dry. Oh, well, yeah, they'd call him a vigilante. Well, and well the, police, the police come by and they discover that it's a, the guy had a toy gun. The guy who mm-hmm. was doing the robbing. And then, of course, the press talked to his mother who said he was a good boy. He was a good boy. He never did anything like this before. He was a good boy. But the thing is, he walked into a restaurant with something that looked like a gun in his hand and threatened to kill people with it and demanded their money. And he didn't, yeah, he didn't expect the result that that happened. But um, now the press makes it look like, oh, and he had a toy gun. Like, all of a sudden, the press is trying to massage this criminal uh, into a victim. Do you know? He's trying to make him appear to be a victim. The thing is, the customer, maybe he he overreacted to a certain extent. We don't know how mm-hmm. people react. We don't know how people react when a guy walks in. Maybe the guy scared the living beje- bejeebas out oh, of it. Oh, yeah, momentary insanity. I mean, you're going to do what you think he, you've got to do. He just kept, maybe he didn't even know he pumped nine bullets into the guy. You know, I mean, just bang, 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 bang. You know, I want to make sure the guy doesn't turn around and shoot him. Well, um, they're, you know, in our society, we do this all the time. We turn the hero into, into a villain and the villain into a hero. Well, yeah, I was going to say they take they take people and they they make them like rob, modern day Robin Hood. So this guy might have been influenced by media, uh, the movie industry, and whatnot. Right. That sit there and they 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 show you and justify all of this. This guy just didn't wake up one day and dream it. You know, he was conditioned to do what he did. Yeah. I, I sincerely believe that. I mean, he's a product of our society. You mean the you mean the the, the bad guy, the guy who the bad guy, the, sure. the kid. Oh, you he, know, he's a product of our society. It was an easy score. It was an easy mm-hmm. score. You walk into a restaurant with a bunch of nice people having their dinner, just having their dinner, minding their own business. You pull a gun and you take everything you can. Right. Well, he was number one. His intent was to rob, to steal. That is a crime. And when I was a kid growing up, you don't pull anything on somebody, and whether it's fake or real, because the assumption is you got a real gun and that you're going to use it. My question, Bill, what would have happened if he pulled the toy gun on an older person who had a heart attack and died? Wouldn't that be murder? Sure. That would that would be as, mind, it would. that would be as much of a murder as if you pulled the trigger. You caused that person to have a heart attack because you scared the bejeebas out of them with that gun you had in your hand. Right. Uh, no, I, I I think the guy should be given an award for for saving those those people in the restaurant. He had no idea that that was well, a toy gun. Well, I can gun. assure you that they're going to get him. They're going to convict him. And they're going to put them away because they that's just the way it works. They're well, it is, it is at, Houston. I think Houston is a, is a leftist kind of a town, so he may be in trouble. Uh, yeah, yeah. Even if you're in a conservative stronghold, the left are going to impose their power and will. And if they can't get that done, they will send in a militia group to start violent protest and force you to see it their way. Getting back to uh, the uh, situation over the weekend, mm-hmm. uh, the Boston situation had a, an interesting turn. You heard about that, right, Bill? Yeah, Catherine Clark's uh, daughter, son, whatever the yeah. person is. Well, he was born, a, I guess, a male, but he considers himself a trans. And apparently, uh, Representative Clark considers her son a woman, too, because this was her uh, response. Uh, let's see. Do not go away. I will find that it. it's right here in my sweaty little palms. It says, last night, my daughter was arrested in Boston, Massachusetts. I love Riley, and this is a very difficult time in the cycle of joy and pain in parenting. 
Representative Clark wrote. This Representative Clark, you reap what you sow. Apparently, Mm -hmm. you've been spending a lot of time on the campaign trail over the years and uh, not as much time as you should have uh, parenting your your trans child, the one who was born male, but you referred to as my daughter. And the trans child was out uh, practicing in graffiti at an Antifa event. Do I get that right? Yeah, and actually, I believe the trans child uh, struck a police officer violently yes. with causing blood and uh, uh, and pain. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. like a tap. Um, and the picture I saw, and it's been scrubbed from all of the sites of the uh, child, Riley. Of course. Know, Looked like it was a shot taken from the movie The Exorcist. The kid had, uh, he was looking at chest, his chin to chest, and his eyes were looking up toward the camera, and the kid looked like Damien, you know, from The Omen. <laughs> mm, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I thought, oh, okay, fine. Well, there you go. Uh, this uh, young man has got some issues. I say young man because I'm old school. I'm sorry, Representative Clark, but... I'm one of these guys that believes if you're born with something, that's what you are, okay? If you uh, are uh, born a male, I'm. this is just me, okay? And I have a right to feel the way I feel. I'm sure you have a right to feel like you feel. But, I mean, I when I was a kid, you know, and you were born, uh, they put, uh, in the, even in the nursery, right? Remember the nursery? You would have mm. little blue things for the male Babies and, and little things pink girls, things yeah. for the girls. What are they doing now? Orange? What are they doing now? LGBT colors on on the uh, babies? Uh, yes, I, I had I had rainbow balls at the end <laughs> of my crib. Yeah, no, I don't think so. There's uh, a there's well. a there's a comment I could have made then, but that will just leave that one alone. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. yeah leave that one alone. <laughs> it's a family show. It is. Um, also, uh, I, I think that because she's second in line, I guess, on the Democratic side in uh, the House of Representatives, she'll probably be able to pull some strings, and and Riley will probably be, you know, issued a slap on the wrist and made to apologize to the police officer and and go on his or her merry way, only to do other things in the future. You know. We have arrested basically peaceful protesters from January 6th. I'm talking about patriotic, peaceful protesters who, when you see the pictures of them in the Capitol, they are walking in between the cordoned off areas like a tourist group. And we arrest them. And then we have the Antifa people burning down buildings Throwing uh, in Atlanta, Bill, you probably saw it when you read the news that shows a a, a police car. Those things are about forty thousand dollars worth of car. Well, they're more than that. No, yeah, oh, that's, yeah, you're that's right. The car without everything in it. Well, it was toast because it was it was roaring in flames. It was it was uh, that car was history. There's no taking it to the uh, the mechanic to have you know, it worked on. If you or on. I, just average Joe, go and destroy a cop car. We're, not only are we going to jail and going to prison, but uh, we're paying for that vehicle. Yeah, well, but these people don't have that happen to them at all. They let they're them go. Bill. They're privileged. They get to. They get to. They get to go out and break things, uh, tear things up, uh, you, beat people up, and even kill people. They're privileged. Do you remember uh, in Seattle and Portland uh, mm-hmm. when Antifa was raising hell out there? They would go in and they'd go in front of a judge and they'd slap him on the wrist and let him go. Let you him know, go. the one thing we're forgetting about the January 6th, because it's come out, but the news doesn't like to report the simple fact. You know, you had Pelosi right. that orchestrated this this whole January 6th Big uh, time. event. You have the pictures where the cops were pulling down the barricades, and now there's proof that uh, this whole thing was a staged event that there were bad players from the government in there sure. to make this event look like more than what it was. It was a peaceful protest. Uh, there might've been a few people that were coerced into becoming bad participants, but the people that orchestrated and started the bad play 
were government people. They Ma- were plants. Mayor Muriel Bowser, when she heard this, this was going to happen, the demonstration, she first mm-hmm. asked the president for troops. Right. And the president considered it. But if, during the time this, when the president was thinking about what to do, she got a call apparently, or they, she talked to Nancy Pelosi's office. And when the president came back and said, okay, I'm going to talk to the speaker. We're going to get 20,000, 10 to 20,000 troops around the, uh, the Capitol to protect you people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nancy said, no, we don't need them. We don't want it. It's the wrong image. We don't want to send that kind of an image uh, to uh, the public. So she, and she also said to Muriel Bowser, uh, we don't need him in Washington. And Bowser changed her request from we need the troops to we really don't need it. You can keep your troops. There was a, a message that was sent from Capitol Hill to the mayor of, of Washington to uh, pull back that request. It was intentional that mm-hmm. they didn't want the troops there. I mean, think about it. If you're concerned about what's going to happen, what's the smartest thing to do for one for one day? You just cordon off, you surround the whole building with troops, and nobody's going to get by the troops, and there's going to be no damage, and nobody's going to break into the Capitol. It would be taken care of. But they wanted what they got. They wanted the people that who got the people that got arrested to get arrested, you know? Mm-hmm. Look, you ever go to outdoor events that are planned, they're peaceful events. Could be a concert, a big country concert or a rock concert. I used to do promotion, things like that. You know, and there there were, you had to have, besides all your riggers and stagehands, you had to have security. That sure. was just, that was a given. The, how many people you, you anticipate there? Well, we're going to have 20,000 people. You knew how many police officers that you had to hire and be on hand to maintain law and order. If you see one thing from the January 6th uh, fiasco, look at the clip of that lieutenant shooting at uh, Ashley Babbitt. It was uncalled for. It was, to this day, I'll, I'll never understand why he did it. She posed no threat. She was beyond a locked door. She wasn't breaking glass. He just came out of nowhere, raised his gun, and fired. It was almost as if maybe they wanted to have someone get shot. I don't know. It it didn't make sense if you look at the video. Do you know? It didn't Mm -hmm. make sense that she got shot. She didn't have a gun. She wasn't smashing the glass. There was no reason for this police officer who got an award, by the way, and was on NBC with Lester Holt being interviewed like he was some brave guy who who risked everything. It was cold-blooded murder. Yeah, and as I recall, Ashley actually was not there uh, trying to encourage things. She was telling, no, 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 don't do that. Because she saw that they were being set up and staged. And 30 seconds before that happened, there were three Capitol Police officers standing in front of the door that she was at. Three of them. They were blocking yeah. the entrance. And all of a sudden, and you see it on video, one of them either got a call or t- he turns to the other two guys and said, let's go. Now, mm-hmm. there was no reason for them to leave because the crowd hadn't left. The no. crowd was still raising hell and making noise. They should have stayed there. But all of a sudden, these three cops in unison walk away, walk away from the area. And within 30 seconds, the cop behind the door shoots Ashley Babbitt. Now, it can be a coincidence. I don't know what what that cop was thinking, but it just doesn't seem right to me. It seemed pre-planned. It seemed... Well, uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. It almost seems like they had her picked out as a target. Maybe it wasn't it her. Maybe it wasn't her intentionally. Maybe it was just somebody. You know what I'm saying? Because there were a group of people there. He he could have shot anybody. 
Um, Why her? She wasn't. It was obvious. She wasn't. Could have been just line of sight. It could have been just line of sight. Easiest target. You know. Well, we'll never know because they're never going to sit there and and really investigate it and pull the questions. Because if they did, it would get a lot of people in trouble that uh, really were. You know, guilty of uh, and these guys talk insurrection. Of, they talk about all these police officers who died on January sixth, and it just didn't happen. It didn't so, happen. So this is another Kennedy assassination. This is another uh, uh, Nixon setup. This is all you know. Everything, everything is a playbook action here. Everything you know, done before. Everything is a. A, a story of fiction. Yeah. Uh, it, it is staged. I mean, does, it, I don't know. I, I look at this stuff and I think, am I living in an alternate reality here? I mean, is, 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 is right wrong and wrong right? You know, you look at what happened in, in, in January, on January 6th, and then you look at what happened in, in Seattle and in Portland, and you look at the consequences. The people in Seattle and Portland... Hell, they're still right. They probably were down riding this past weekend in Atlanta. Some of the same people. I mean, they were racing hell in Atlanta. In the meantime, good people, some veterans, some who didn't do a darn thing, are down in the Washington jail, wasting, up. wasting away with no charges filed against them. And if they are, they've had. I always thought that you were supposed to have uh, a speedy trial. A speedy, you know what I'm saying? You have the right to a speedy trial. Well, yes, no, but you I mean, ju- justice was supposed to be speedy. You weren't supposed to be able to 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 wallow away like they are. And by the way, they are being treated like the worst of the worst. Well, if you are if if you're arrested, they can only hold you so long without formal charges. They have to have something to bring against you, it, and it's not that long. I mean, it's like 24, 48 hours, and that's it. Uh, I'm not a cop. I don't know, but there is a time limit and it's well expired. They have already, even if they do nothing to let them go now, these people's lives have been destroyed and their families too. You know, something's wrong when two representatives, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and mm-hmm. Louis, Louis Gohmert walk over to the jail. These are representatives. These are congressmen. These are people of power in D.C. They go over to the jail and the warden won't let them in. Of course not. The warden won't let them in. I saw the video of that. I said, wait a second. Come, what? No, the warden won't let you in. And why? What's the uh, warden's uh, reason, reasoning for that? Didn't I don't think she had a good one. I don't remember anything that stood out. Uh, I All I know is that uh, they weren't allowed to go in. Maybe they were allowed later on. I, I saw this video, and I thought, this is amazing. And, uh, um, you know, last week or the week before last, the mother of Ashley Babbitt on the I guess it was the anniversary of, of the uh, shooting. Yeah, it, it would was, be. Yeah. Ashley Babbitt's mom went to the Capitol to lay some flowers on the steps of the Capitol and to say some prayers and they arrested oh, her for jaywalking. She wanted to pray. Yeah, well, there's a, they arrested, there's a capital offense right there. Yeah, they arrested her for jaywalking or something like that, mm-hmm. some ridiculous uh, triped-up charge. Uh, it, it, it is sad that we live in the society we live in now. And, and this goes back, by the way, to, I think, in my own humble opinion, this goes back to that deep state that Tucker was talking about. All of these things that are happening in our society, the Antifa riots, which, by the way, like we said earlier, distraction is to get your attention mm. away from the classified document scandal. All of a sudden, the big story is going to be, oh, they're burning Atlanta. Yeah. Out of nowhere, there's a riot going on in, in Atlanta, and we're going to forget the fact that that Joe Biden has committed treason. Yes. Well, it is a distraction from that. But, you know, you've got the elites of the world. There's always been that handful of people, whether it's through the Bilderberger Society or the Bohemian Grove uh, people that go and they meet to tell, to discuss how they're going to make things better by, you know, ruling the the common man. Yeah. And now the World Economic Forum, you know, I'm sorry, but that crap's got to stop. It it really does, and uh, but it's not going to stop unless. 
action is taken by the good guys. And it's gonna it's not gonna be easy because if you're gonna clean up our society and get it back to what the founders meant it to be, you're gonna have to remove the deep state. And they're not gonna go quietly. They are not going to go quietly. There's too much money and way too much power involved, and they are not going to let some upstarts come in and claim back the country for the people. That's what Donald Trump did. Look what happened to him. As soon as he came down the stairs and announced, they started to attack him. They started to spy on him. The FBI was spying on him. That's, that's proof before he was even president. And um, it's not going to get any, it's not going to be an easy task. you got to wonder if he's got a snowball's chance in hell. Well, he, know, no, he was, he was down at uh, uh, Diamond's uh, memorial service. Which, you know, they said over the weekend in the news, oh, you know, he, you know, he was, he was doing this, doing that. And nobody, nobody was into what he was doing. But apparently, um, you know, he gave a very, very They nice, gave him a standing ovation. Yes, and he did, he did a very nice speech. I, I don't know what they were watching, but I watched the entire thing, and they loved him. It was mm-hmm. a love fest for Trump. This because because you know Diamond loved Trump, and Trump gave no. them a, uh, uh, an attention they could have only dreamed of to have the president of the United States welcome them into his fold. Uh, they were forever appreciative of that, and they they let it be known. I have. Um, I have a clip from from Silk from that event, and uh, she mm-hmm. talks about what happened when Diamond had the incident. Well, now that, that's going to be interesting because uh, I felt that there was no reason for Diamond to go. She was not in well, bad health. I got a feeling that Diamond got vaccinated because she she trusted it. I guess i I got that impression. I think you will too when you hear. When you hear Silk talking, it's only about uh, right. a minute and a half. Listen. As soon as Diamond hung up the phone, she said to me, I can't breathe. It was suddenly out of nowhere and no warning. I got her to the kitchen table, opened up the back door so that she can get some air. And each breath was less and less and less until her eyes became a stare. My husband and I followed the 911 instructions uh, 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 from the lady. We laid her, like they told us to lay her flat. They said do CPR, and it was one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. My husband and I alternated and kept going and going and going until the emergency truck came in, came into the, the yard and the EMS came into the house. They did everything that they could. So what I want to say to everybody is don't you dare call me a conspiracy theorist because I saw it happen. I saw how it happened. I was there when it happened. And it happened suddenly. I want America to wake up and pay attention. Something ain't right. It's time to investigate what's really going on here and get some answers to why are people falling dead suddenly. That was uh, Silk from Diamond and Silk. Mm-hmm. And she, she described what happened to her sister, who I think she was like 50, 51 years old, a young woman. I think she was 50, and yeah. She was very young, and there was no reason. And what I just heard in the description, I can relate, because unless you've had somebody, a loved one, die in your arms, you just don't know. No. She did all the right things, apparently. She and her husband did all the right things, and they just couldn't bring her back. And yeah. I, you had... From her, the way she talked, it sounded to me like uh, they had been vaccinated. They must have at some Could point. Have been. And, and a lot, look, at, I was vaccinated. I got the first two shots. I, I but, was under the impression that it was a, it was a, a health move, a, a good decision. After I got the first two shots and I waited, more things started to happen. And I thought, oh, you're not going to get But are me. the shots then and the shots now the exact same, or are they you, a little bit different? You don't know. 
You do not And know. that's what I wonder, because if she just got vaccinated, that would in- imply it's a different shot altogether. But they did they did do the right thing because you know you have somebody down you call nine one one they're gonna have you administer CPR there's there's a time frame that they have and you know you wait for the EMS to get there and take over uh, but you know when you're at that point and they get there you you already know what's going on it's well never good I have to tell you it was one of the nicest one of the most uh, uh, exhilarating memorial service of, services I've ever watched. I mean, uh, the Hardaway family, that's Diamond's family. Mm-hmm. Good, good people. Good, good people. They all had wonderful things to say. It was a celebration of life, not a celebration of death. It was uh, something, even the father got, got up there, God bless him, a guy about my age and he, he had in the beginning a little tough time. He said, you know, I couldn't understand it when I first heard it. I thought, dear God, why not me? Why did you take her? Why didn't you take me? I'm oldest. I'm the, you should be taking me. And I thought that's exactly how I would feel. That's exactly how any parent would feel who loves their kids. Why? But, um, uh, he we never did- understand that. You know, you've got to make, you've got to make good with the time that you have. You know, you're born into this world, and until you go to the ground, what you do between birth and the ground is what's important. Well, uh, we are being attacked as a nation right now internally. We were we're at war. You know, we talk oh, about absolutely. we talk at war uh, about worrying about war with the Russians and and uh, the Chinese, but there's an internal war going on right now for our country, and. Uh, we've got to be strong as a nation, as a people. I, I look mm-hmm. around, it's, it's a bit discouraging sometimes when you see some people caught up in so many mundane things that mean nothing, you know? Well, you know what? They're balls in the air. And, they, you know, it's kind of like a juggler sits there, starts out with one ball, then two, three. Next thing you know, he's got five balls in the air. But none of these balls may be important, but they're a distraction. Yeah, You know, you've got what's going on, you know, around us. And Antifa, where it said, Biden trying to hide the fact that he is a, a treasonist. And there's probably more in the government that we don't even know about. And maybe that's what we should focus on. But then we got the war in the Ukraine. And they're right now, they're sitting there going, you know, now we're hearing that Ukraine is doing so well. You know, they're doing really well. The Russians are on their knees. No, the Ukraine is not doing that well. Now, they're not they're not entirely losing, but they're not winning. Russia's not entirely losing, but they're not winning. We're kind of at a standstill. Even with all that money and hardware we've given the Ukraines, we are at this impasse, which means this can of worms is about to blow yeah. open. And well, we will have a full blown war. Yeah, they want to. You know, they want to send over um, tanks. Our tanks, our M1 Abrams tanks, and you don't uh, want that. No, but we're all, we're sending them a lot of other armor already. We're sending them stuff, by the way, that we shouldn't be sending. Western defense leaders refuse to commit more NATO tanks to the Ukraine. Uh, this was on Friday. This is good news for us uh, that we're holding back on our most sophisticated tanks. But we're still sending them other pieces of armor, other uh, uh, sophisticated equipment. I mean, I think I mentioned last week, there's uh, some Ukrainian troops in um, uh, Fort Sill, Oklahoma right now, learning how to shoot uh, uh, and and operate the Patriot missile systems. The most sophisticated. Why? Because we're getting deeper and deeper into this war by the day. That's why. And it's an intentional move. So we're at war. We are definitely at war with Russia, along with the Ukraines. And I can tell you, when this is all over with and all the hardware that we've given the Ukraines, if they decide that they don't like us anymore, they'll give it back to us all right. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> the hard way. Um, mm-hmm. we got to be suckers. I mean, we are doing this to the detriment of our own troops. We're giving away our equipment, and then I hear reports that our troops are shorthanded with, with stuff. We also, and we can't forget this, just a, a little over a year ago, a year and a half ago, 
we left behind $89 billion worth of equipment in Afghanistan. I'll never understand that, will you? Yeah, we didn't even get a thank you or a kiss. Oh, <laughs> nothing. Nothing. $89 billion. And by the way, the Taliban say we can only use so much of this stuff, so uh, anyone who wants to buy some of this stuff, give us a well, call. Uh, the cartel's got the money. I'm sure they could... Uh... Well, they, they, have you seen the equipment they're using yes, south of the I border? Know. That's why I mentioned it. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm sure they got a great deal on it, too. Oh, hey, listen, you know, they're going to have Black Hawk helicopters and... Uh, Everything. Those cartels are not going to stop at the border. Oh, wait a second. Oh, we no. can't go beyond the border. Before long, that uh, that fighting is going to spread into the United States. And then they'll say, how did that happen? How did, how did fighting like that end up in the United States? It's because we took away the security at our border. Right. You know what? A cartel is a country that has no land, no border, they are autonomous to go anywhere they want to go. That's so right. they can willy-nilly come right over the, the that uh, imaginary wall that, uh, you know, we have. Because Trump was building a wall. He was building the fences. But no, you know, Biden saw that that was not the way to go. We, <laughs> got, we don't need walls. We don't need no stinking walls He here. got his marching orders for, from somebody, uh, some globalist who said... Uh, we don't like borders. Borders are bad. Eliminate your borders. And Biden dutifully did so. Um, it's amazing. I, well, the guy he worked with before is, uh, you know, you haven't heard much from him lately, but, he, you know, he didn't like the border walls either. Oh, I know. You know, it's interesting. I think I may have mentioned this last week, too, but it's worth mentioning again. We've been told recently, just like a week ago, that suddenly, after using them for over 100 years, gas stoves are a danger and they're causing problems. It's like having mm -hmm. a car running an idle in your kitchen. That's what they're saying now. That's the, the, the tagline. Come to find out the organization that came out with a report saying that gas stoves were bad uh, was based in the United States, but it was backed by the Communist Chinese. They were, of course. They, so the Communist Chinese influenced this organization in the United States to release this document, which the government picked up and spread it around like it's a big deal. Now, why would China want us to not use uh, gas stoves? Well, maybe it's because, you know, uh, uh, we have the biggest gas supply in the world under our feet. And uh, by us not using it, it makes us a little weaker, a little more unstable. As a country, well, who who is it? I forget the guy's name. You know, was giving away our strategic uh, supply of oil, and uh, you know, in Pennsylvania, uh, you have all that uh, the Marcellus. Shell oh, sure, yeah, of all that natural gas, the biggest reserve anywhere. They made in the it world. sound like fracking was bad. Fracking it's, is so it's bad. bad. It's oh, very yeah. bad for you. Yeah, oh, yeah. Of course, it was. Our economy was booming. And it didn't do any problems. It caused and no problems. And we're problem. giving away and selling land to the Chinese, valuable land that is either close to military bases. Sure. Or, you know, they got the mineral rights now to uh, our natural resources. Well, it's just a great location, you know, with the fact that yeah. it's near a military base is a mere coincidence. Oh, you know what? That's that they want the land to put up a nail salon. <laughs> yeah, That's what yeah. it is. Uh, it's a big nail salon that they're going to put up. Man, imagine yeah. you can go in there. You got to love these people. Um, I got to, I got to, I got to read this. I got a couple of quick little stories. We were, I just sure. looked at the clock on the wall. Apparently, uh, the latest word is that that this song here is an affront to the transgender movement. Listen. Okay, they're saying this song by Aretha Franklin from back in the late 60s, from 1967 to be precise, is an affront to the transgender movement, the trans right movement. That's right. Uh, Aretha Franklin's song, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman, <laughs> should be boycotted. They want to boycott that that song. Uh, you know, 
have these people have more time on their hands than they really need. I'm just, you know, it, it's funny because I went to a party. I, uh, well, I didn't go to the party. I took somebody to a party the other day when I got, you know, you know, I kind of waffled back, back and forth from Wilkesbury to up in Boston, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I took an 11 year old to a party. And, uh, you know, I, I looked at a sign that was in the front yard and it says um, reproductive rights are human rights. And at first, you know, I'm just glazing over that. I said, oh, what's odd? They might be conservatives. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, well, they're taking the narrative and reversing it here. What town was this in Boston? Uh, I was in Belmont. Well, oh. there you go. Oh, That's you know, right next I'm to right Cambridge. <laughs> well, you know, I'm like where I'm sitting right now. Yes. Actually, I'm right on the line. Are you? I'm actually in Belmont. But if I go through that door right over there. In your, in in your apartment. Yeah, I'm in, uh, the, yes, the, the town home here is. Uh, You're a lucky man. <laughs> lucky I man. I go through that door, I'm being Cambridge, you know. Uh, so what? anyway, you know, I saw that and I was going like, oh, geez. You know, they talk about their rights about our rights too oh we don't have rights i know but they have human rights so these people on the left i sometimes think that maybe we're we're from a different planet you know uh, i think that the things that they seem to like and appreciate are things that i don't understand at all like for example uh at the wef mm-hmm. you know, i guess it's i guess it's come to an end or it's, or it's coming to an end i'm not sure whether it's over or, but i think uh, they had entertainment on the stage. I don't know whether you saw this, but this was the entertainer that they had at the WEF. Oh, boy. I wanted to play the very end of it because she sings this song and, and, and it's, God, it crosses your eyes. Like, what is she doing? She's, she's fluttering your voice around. Like she's having the greatest time. And and when she finishes it, there's a pause in the audience before they all start clapping, but it's a polite clap. Like, okay, you can leave the stage now. Yeah. You can leave the stage now. And you know, I thought to myself, is this something new, this kind of entertainment? Is this something which I, I've never experienced before? But then, then I remember this. That's Yoko Ono and uh, her marvelous rendition of a song called Why. Why, 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 why? She was such a talent, too. Oh, she was. You know, and John was uh, playing the guitar there. But there's one scene I was going to play when she was was in a group with Chuck Berry and John Lennon and then doing, I think, a Johnny B. Good or something like that. And she's supposed to be the chorus. And her chorus was screams. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether Chuck knew that that was the chorus that was going to be, you know, on the song. And they're on stage and doing this, go, 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 Johnny, go, go. And she starts to scream in the background, and they did a shot of Chuck Berry's face, and it was like wide-eyed, and what the heck is that? (laughs) And I thought, you know, they say love is blind. I think love is deaf. Because John, Def, that's for yeah, sure. John Lennon, God bless him, he he loved uh, Yoko Ono, and uh, he put up with a lot. But I, you know, you and you think to yourself, why would he do that? I mean, his whole career was making great music, great melodies, great tunes. Mm-hmm. He had to know that she was out of her mind. <laughs> I mean, I mean, musically, uh, she may be a nice person personally, and and uh, maybe that's why uh, they were so in love, but man, 
I guess it was an acquired taste, something that I never acquired. Anyway, my friend, we have uh, just about done it. Uh, another day, another dollar. I would imagine we'll find some more documents today with uh, the with the uh, <laughs> every day. It's a new document the, instead the, of it's another day. It's a new document day. Yes, uh, be be looking. Uh, President Biden probably will. But, you know, I think there'll be another riot this week. Don't you think? I think more oh, riots. Probably another riot, another shooting, another yeah. document, uh, probably more Republican scandals. Uh, the, the list goes yes. on and on and on. It's uh, all a distraction to make you not look at what's really happening. Even, by the way, the classified documents are a distraction to keep you from looking any deeper and finding out what he was doing with those documents. That's why I'm saying we've got to do a complete investigation, not just Joe. But now that we know it goes back and goes deep into the, the, the Senate chambers and maybe even congressional leaks, too, we need to find out who has what document and get them back and find out what has been leaked out there. Well, we've run out of time. Uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. But before we go, one more time. Uh... Oh, what a way to end the show. Really, I ain't um, That's Yoko yeah. Ono from her greatest hit. You know, in planes, they have this thing that, well, they used to, the vomit yeah. distress pads. <laughs> 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 Goodbye, Bill. <laughs> See ya. The Voice of Freedom. CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>